The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, Betty Robison shares how to continue living amazed even in difficult times. None of us like sorrow in our lives. We don't like heartache, but it comes. God didn't promise us a smooth road all the time. And in the loss of our child, I hung on to God. Grateful for my husband, grateful for my friends, but God was the one I counted on. Well, Betty and I are so excited to have you join us on Life Today. I'm James Robinson. When the book Living Amazed uh, came out, and I'm grateful for the incredible testimonies uh, from church leaders, from individuals who've had real challenges in their life, talking about how the book not only was the story of Living Amazed, but inspired them to realize that everyone can live that way. And Betty, we spent literally three weeks in a seminar-type setting here talking to you about how you can, and by divine design, live amazed. Now we're gonna join that series, and I pray that you'll feel like you're a part of the studio audience, or that we're actually right there in your home with you, seeking to put the arms of God around you, and for you to come to know the heart of our Heavenly Father, and understand how much He desires to know your heart and for you to know his. Be blessed. I want to welcome all of you here in the studio. I'm James Robinson, and this is Life Today. We're talking about living amazed, and we're taking a little bit of a different approach. Betty is here, and uh, Sheila Walsh is here, Dudley Hall is here, many wonderful people are here who said, we're going to spend some time together, really over a series of weeks, and we're, we're going to really, really focus in on what it's like to live amazed. And, and we closed uh, in the last session yesterday talking about how Jesus had told them to tarry. This is the disciples. These are the ones he had been with. He said, now you tarry until you're endued with power from on high. And so after he's ascended, he's told them before he ascends that they're going to be his witnesses. Now, please understand this, and you really got to get it. I've said it earlier. I'll say it many times. We were not left here for the purpose of getting out of here. We could have gone with him. They could have stopped the whole mess. Don't even get into the discussion, the fruitless discussion of when's he coming. He said, you don't know, angels don't know, God knows, quit wasting your time. I left you here to reveal the kingdom of God in you, through you, to the world. All right, now he's told them that they are to wait in one accord. Basically what he's telling them, and I want you to look at John 17 because I think this is really, really important. Jesus is praying not only for those who believe, and in verse 20, but for those who believe because of the word of these disciples. That's us. What's he praying? Verse 21, look at it. That they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in thee, that they may be in us, that the world will believe you sent me. And the glory which you've given me, I've given them that they may be one just as we're one. I in them, thou in me, 
that they may be perfected in unity. This is supernatural unity. This is the work and power of the Holy Spirit. That the world will know you sent me and you love them even as you love me. Sheila, the other day, we were just fellowship with the word. That verse really hit home with you. Tell us why and what you feel when you read that. I think when you know that John was careful to record that final conversation, we only find this conversation in, in John's gospel. He's the only one of the apostles who wasn't martyred, got to live to be 90 something. But he wrote down so many of Christ's words that were the last words that he was able to speak to his friends. And the fact that Jesus said, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Not by having more conferences, not by writing more books, not by building bigger churches, but that the miracle would be that we would love one another, not agree on every single little point, but that the love of God would be greater than any difference we have. And the Father loves us as much as he loves Jesus. That is stunning. Mind-blowing. I mean, it's just amazing. You, Sheila, you've been with, in how long in ministry here in the States? Because uh, you, you've been with so many different church leaders, body parts. How long have you been in ministry? Um, 35 years. 35 years. I started when I was four. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this, and, and just tell me the truth. When you look back over the years, would one of the greater heartaches that you experienced was watching the lack of love among even Christians and those who professed faith in Christ? Did that ever, did that ever trouble your heart? It did, James, but I sometimes think it's, you cannot love others when you haven't allowed the love of God to sink to the deepest place in your own heart. I think one of the reasons that Christ told the Samaritan woman by the well, listen, I know your story. I know you've, li you've been married five times. I know you're living with a sixth guy but it was the seventh man that changed her life because he said, I know everything you've done. And I think that was important because otherwise she would have thought, you know, if you only knew who I really was, you would not be sharing this water of life with me. I think that the problem sometimes in the church is we haven't allowed the love of God to penetrate the darkest cellars of our own souls. Hmm. And when you've been flat on your face before the Lord at your most unlovely and beloved back to life, then I think Christ washes your eyes a second time and you see other people differently too. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. Betty, when we talk about the love of God, you've got a passage, and I don't know whether you can open to it there quickly in your Bible, but when we lost our beautiful daughter, and by the way, the book is, is dedicated to, uh, it's dedicated to Robin. And uh, I know you watch, I know you watched Dad Robin, I heard your husband say last night of Chris, your oldest son, of his wife. She's just a whole lot like Robin. She just knows what she's doing. She's a leader. And your husband said, Robin, I think Chris married Brittany because he could see Robin. He could see his mama. I don't doubt it. Robin, I know, honey, I know. I, listen, we have a great host of witnesses. Don't tell me my daughter's not witnessing. Amen. And I tell you, she's rejoicing to see people love each other. Betty, you, you know that passage in Ephesians. 
What are you talking about the love of God? I don't know who you've got. Yeah, how wide, how deep, how long is God's love for us? But I have to start back, James. When I begin to see the love of, that God has for us in someone else was when, when God did call you into the ministry. And I saw the excitement and the transformation that God did in your heart. You fell so in love with God. And I could see how much God loved you. And I, I desired that. I did, I, you know, I was a church member. I was a good old girl. I did everything right. I didn't want to make any mistakes. I didn't want to make God mad at me because I was afraid he'd get me if, if he got mad at me. But I saw somebody that was not perfect, but loved God and gave himself to God like you did. And I wanted that in my heart. And I'm so thankful that I found that through watching him and his love for God and how much God loved him. That's how much God wants us to know about his love for us, so much that he gave his treasure, his only son, that we might have life eternal. And I see that as a mother and a grandmother and a great-grandmother now. I love those precious grandchildren so much. I love our three children so much. And sometimes I would look at them as they would grow up and I say, you can't know how much I love you. Even when you might get mad at me or I may have to discipline you, I love you so much. And God said to me, that's how much I love you. That, and even more, I thought, if I can love my children like that, how much does God love his children? Even when we feel away from him, we feel like God has left us. I got news for you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. You may leave God, but he's right there ready to pick you up and put his arms around you. And none of us like sorrow in our lives. We don't like heartache, but it comes. God didn't promise us a smooth road all the time. And in the loss of our child, I hung on to God grateful for my husband, grateful for my friends, but God was the one I counted on, and I still count on every morning when I wake up, every breath that I take, every time I think about our daughter, and she's with him. She's happy, but God said, you have two other children that are here, so still give your love out to them and their families and their their loved ones. So that's my, that's my choice to serve him with my whole heart and allow others to see Jesus in me because that's all what, that's what I'm about is what he's done for me. Amen, honey. I sure love you. Dudley, I want you to read what one of your spiritual sons, a pastor, said. And in some ways, you might be my spiritual son, I'm your spiritual son, so I guess we're just brothers, huh? That's the only <laughs> thing I can figure yeah. But I want y'all to hear this. L listen to me. L let me say this to you at home. What you heard come out of Betty's heart is the love of God. It's for you. And, you know, I've said maybe you look at us and you say, well, you don't know what we feel. <laughs> maybe you don't know what we've been through. But our God is able. It's like Betty said, he's just with us. I don't want you to know it's with you. Let's just listen to how great God's love is. What's the name of this pastor up in Winston-Salem, Dudley? This is Alan Wright, and uh, Alan has a radio program, but he's also a pastor in 
a Presbyterian church up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So he was just doing a little study on uh, this Ephesians 3, 14 through 19, where it talks about the love of God that Betty was referencing. Part of the prayer is that, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, what a ridiculous prayer that we would be able to comprehend the, incom the, the incomprehensible. But uh, he goes on to, to comment on it, and uh, you can't say it any better than this, I don't think. I wish I could tell you how wide the love of God is. You can't go around it. You can't find someone that God doesn't want to reach. God loves lost people in religion and people lost in rebellion. God loves old people, young people, black people, white people, brown people, tan people. He loves people in the north and people in the south and North Korea and South Korea, the Far East, the Mideast, down under and top of the world. He loves the rich and the poor, the educated, the illiterate. He loves those who love him and he loves those who hate him. Oh, how loved, uh, how wide the love of God is. And I wish I could tell you how long the love of God is. It's so long you can't get in front of it and you can't get behind it. You can't outrun it. You can't stop it. His love is from everlasting to everlasting, pure and perfect. It's long enough to cover your past and your future. His love doesn't give up, doesn't quit, doesn't stop. You can't trunk truncate it. You can't abbreviate it. You can't interrupt it. His love was there when you were born. His love was there at creation. His love is there before he spoke. Ah, I wish I could tell you how long the love of God is. I also wish I could tell you how high the love of God is. It's higher than the highest building, taller than the tallest mountain. It's transcendent. It's heavenly. It's taller than the tallest Goliath. It's higher than the greatest intellect and taller, your, taller than your greatest dream. Ah, I wish I could tell you how high the love of God is. I wish I could tell you how deep the love of God is. His love is deeper than your secret thoughts, your darkest hour, or your deepest pit. His love is deeper than any philosopher's wisdom. His love is deeper than the deepest well, and it never runs dry. The incomprehensible love of God. Yes, it is. <laughs> Oh boy, I, I just pray, all of you here and all of you wherever you're watching, just let God pull you up to his heart. And if you heard me sharing in an earlier program, he really does want to hear your heart. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to help you. And he's able. There's nothing impossible. But could you just add one little hope and wish and prayer, would you just add, God, Father, let me know your heart. I've told you earlier, you're on his heart. But you can become an expression of the heart of God toward others who feel like no one ever noticed. That's precisely what happened in Acts. When those disciples came in one place, in one accord, in humility and in obedience, waiting on the promise of the Father, and a miracle occurred. Look what happened. In the second chapter of Acts, when the day of Pentecost had come, 
They were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. A miracle occurred. The Holy Spirit so filled them with such boldness and such confidence and such truth that they began to speak with other tongues. There's no question the Bible teaches that there's a spiritual language, speaking with tongues of men or angels. No question about that. But you'd be surprised how many church people stop and start getting in an argument about that. We begin to argue over the gifts of the Spirit, over the fruit of the Spirit, and argue over gifts so much that we have no fruit of the Spirit. We become as mean as a junkyard dog. I mean, just mad at everybody. It's just, God, it breaks my heart. Here's what happened. And I really want you to get this. When they were filled with the Holy Spirit and this supernatural boldness came, they communicated the gospel. They became the witness that Jesus said you are to be. They communicated the love of God in the language of every person, not just in the language they understood, but the dialect. They sounded like they came from their community. In other words, the divine enabling of God above all things will enable us to be fruitful, living with supernatural love and joy and peace, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, temperance, self-control. Listen, but also the ability to talk to people where they are. Let me tell you something, all of you here. If you will let his spirit fill you with his love, you're going to be amazed that when you walk up to people and in situations, now listen to me, you're not called to make the sale and close the deal. I've said that to you earlier. You're not there to get club members. You're there to love that person and let the love of God flow through you for that person and they will know it. And you are suddenly communicating the power, the transforming power of the gospel. Believe it. Father, I pray for every person in this studio. I pray for every person watching in their home or wherever they are in the world that this moment they would say, I want to be filled with that power, that love, that compassion, that boldness, that divine enabling, not to be like somebody else, but to be carried by your spirit and to be your witness in Jesus' name. Trust him. If you want someone to pray with you and say, I want you to agree with me in this. I want this to be one of the greatest moments and commitments in my life. Don't hesitate to call. Well, Betty and I, with all of our heart, pray that you've just been drawn very near the heart of God. And if you haven't gotten the book, Living Amazed, you can, of course, get it online or in the bookstores. But if, if you would just reach out and begin to share in a very direct way the heart of our Father in love. Uh, and you'd like to have living amazed. Just just ask for it. I, uh, I want so much. I mean, this, this is so in my heart to, to help everyone realize that I've had an amazing journey. And boy, it hasn't been based on anything in my life in the area of perfection. It's the greatness of God. But I will tell you this. One of the things that's enabled me to live amazed is sharing freely and consistently His amazing grace and love. And that's what we do all over the world, but we do it with you. We share the love of God 
and we save lives. And it is amazing. Watch closely and you are a part of it. Life Outreach International teams, along with our mission partners, travel the world documenting the needs of families who lack the very basics of life. Without a doubt, Africa's children always tear at the heart of our teams when they see them struggling in extreme circumstances. This dear lady is Elizabeth, and we are here in South Sudan where her village was completely burned down to the ground, and she basically lost everything, including uh, her own son, her four-year-old boy, uh, died from starvation just because they lost everything. There were no resources, there was no food. Severe food shortages, whether caused by conflict, resulting in a food crisis like the one currently threatening to engulf the entire country of South Sudan into a famine, or a lack of crops in Angola because of extreme weather conditions that contribute to the country having one of the highest mortality rates for children under five due to scarcity of food. It all adds up to the same thing for young children, suffering from severe malnutrition and too often, death. In January of this year, this mother had to attend a third funeral for her children. And I, I asked her, on any given day, what's your number one concern? And it's one thing, getting food for these children. That's all she thinks about every single day, morning, noon, and night. All she thinks about is, where can I get something to feed these children today? And she said many times, she has to put these two to bed hungry. And she tries to encourage them. And, and you know what she says to them? Who knows what tomorrow will bring? She's trying to keep hope alive. It is now up to us to do something to help relieve the plight of these little ones. The children of South Sudan caught in the food crisis that is threatening the lives of over 250,000 and potentially into the millions. And for children in the areas of Angola that have not recovered from food shortages because of drought and loss of crops. But a bowl of food a day provided through our mission feeding program can make the difference between life and death for children in South Sudan and Angola. Wow, you know, we reference the fact that there are millions of people facing starvation, but to every mother, that's her child or her children. And somehow if we can look at that with the heart of a loving father who loves perfectly, we can express that perfect love. Now consider this, you saw Betty and me giving food. You sent us there, you gave us the food to share, you keep the missionaries in place, when you are providing food, you're also keeping all the other individuals full of compassion in place. It's your compassion, though, that makes it all possible. So we depend upon our viewers. And we do so so much. So thank you very, very much. And I, I believe that if you've ever given, joined with us in helping Fit, fit the needs of these precious families, these mothers where their children are dying, that you've already experienced the amazement of God in the gift that you've given and seen how it's been multiplied through your love and your support. So let's continue to live amazed at what God can do when we all join together and help others. And that really is the key. It's every one of us. And here's what I want you to understand. When you make a gift, I really believe this, and you save a child's life or several, and you change everything for a mother and that family, one of these days, you're gonna hear not only a well done from your father, but you're gonna hear an expression of gratitude from people all over this world whose lives you not only touched, 
but in many instances saved. Would you right now go online or would you dial that number that's always there if you need a prayer? Would you take your bank card and make the largest gift you can? Millions are facing starvation, but we've got to help them one life at a time. Three, five, or 10, 30, 50, $100 touches three, five, or 10 lives and changes everything. If there's any way you can give $1,000 and touch 100 lives, I believe you will. Please, right now, go to the phone or go online and use that bank card like a check. We have some gifts to say thank you and to bless you in your spiritual life, but you're becoming the miracle those people so desperately need. Thank you for sharing that amazing love and amazing grace. In impoverished and even now famine-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face death by starvation. Life's Mission Feeding Program is ready. With your support, we're able to feed and care for children in famine areas of Sudan, as well as Angola and Mozambique. With all of our previous reserves gone and Mission Feeding facing the worst drought and food shortage in years, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider a special gift of $1,400 to help sponsor a school and help feed 140 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you my Daily Word devotional. This box set of four seasonal devotionals will help you read, reflect, and renew yourself through God's Word with space to journal your thoughts and reflect each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive Carrie Job's newest music project, The Garden, along with the Story Behind the Garden companion DVD. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more, be sure to request Determined Eagle, our 2017 commemorative bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or go online today and make your gift of life to help feed and care for hungry children. Thank you so much for joining with Life Outreach and making a difference for the sake of the children. Well, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to share His amazing grace. And I really believe when you see the smiles on people's faces when they've been changed, put one in your heart and on your face. We will send you the daily devotional, My Daily Word. It's seasonal. It's fabulous. The Garden and the Garden uh, CD and the beautiful DVD story of how it was birthed. And remember, if you didn't get Living Amazed and you help us share His Amazing Grace and you'd like to have the book, don't hesitate to ask for it. Thank you again for your support, your prayers, and your help.
when planning your future, keep their future in mind. Contact Life Planning Services today. So now as an act of faith, we drop every lie that the enemy has whispered to us. Next week, join this special time in prayer and begin living amazed. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.